amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 276, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Thank you so much for joining us as always. Always, always appreciate all the fan support, all the listeners. Uh, of course, follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. See, listen, this week I am really excited about interviewing this uh, one of the hottest names in independence, on the independent scene. Uh, for for the past, I say six six or six to eight months or so. I mean, he's he's had his, his he had he's had his time in, in major promotions. Um, one major promotion in particular, and we'll talk about it. But the past few few months, I tell you, man, this guy has been really really turning some heads in the positive direction, really making his name known in independent scene. Without further ado, I'm really excited to introduce to the show tonight, Mr. Keith Lee. How are you tonight, sir? I am rather fantastic, and I'm just, I'd like to say I'm happy to make episode 276, if you will, limitless. Absolutely. Oh, man, my my pleasure, my pleasure. So, let's just, let's rewind a little bit. Uh, I always like to ask this 
question to, to my guests, especially for someone like you who is the quintessential linebacker who can just flatten people. What made you decide to go professional wrestling? Um, you could say that it was a, kind of a ingrained thing from a young boy. My grandmother loved wrestling, and um, her love kind of transcended into me. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, really, I've, I've always wanted to. I just I was a I was a athlete, and in my family, football was everything. But by the time I was a freshman in college, the decision to pursue wrestling was very strong, and that was just a decision I made at that time. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fantastic! So you come from a a big Texas background, so there's a lot of names. Uh, who we know in the pro wrestling industry who has who, who have a Texas pedigree. Out of all the Texas wrestlers, now there's a long list of them. Who, who would you say that's who's your favorite and most inspirational? Um. So that's the thing. When it comes to inspiration, there's never been a wrestler in particular mm. that has been that. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother is and was my inspiration. She's the reason that I chose to wrestle. She's the reason that I give as much that I, as I do to it. Um, now, if we want to talk about someone that taught me some, some great things, um, then we're probably talking about uh, Undertaker, to be honest. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I've only met him a couple of times and briefly, uh-huh. but he's given me some great advice. And in terms of motivating me, I would say that he's been the most inspirational in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that that would that I'd give that to him. Yeah, that's a, a fantastic choice for sure. What are some pointers that he gave you? Um, just you know, as far as learning to make things matter, make make who I am means something, make the things that I do mean something and and make myself an entity that people want to watch. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm standing there, whether I'm talking, whether I'm doing a maneuver of some sort, people want to stop and, and see what Keith Lee is going to do. And that's something that I think that I've applied in into my style and the way I present myself and things of that sort. So it's it's been very useful information for me. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been in a business for about eleven and a half years now. Uh, what? Who gave you your break? Like, what was the first promotion that uh, you stepped foot into? Um. So I started with a promotion in Arlington, Texas called Professional Championship Wrestling. And I wrestled there for about a year before I started wrestling in north, well, further north Texas in Denton for uh, XCW. And I really just kind of bubbled around Texas for a long time. Um, I did a little stuff in some of the southern states, but what I would consider my break was probably – in 2016 when I decided to go to the East Coast. And my very first match with Beyond Wrestling was against Donovan Dijak. Mm -hmm. And that match and that debut, uh, within 48 hours, changed my entire wrestling life and experience. 
So I, I, I consider and credit Beyond Wrestling with what I would consider the big break, if you will. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've had Dijak on the show before, and he gives a ton of credit to Beyond Wrestling as well. Uh, you guys have had some some really, really awesome matches over the past a couple of years, uh, probably say so year and a half. I recently had a really, really uh, amazing match that uh, had a bunch of people talking. Uh, you also had an opportunity because of just your beyond wrestling and just you, you're really devoting your time into the business. You had an opportunity to be to, to compete for Ring of Honor. How did that come about? Um, actually, Ring of Honor came about before Beyond Wrestling. Hmm. Um, I, I started wrestling for Ring of Honor in 2015, and that opportunity actually came about uh, because of a match I had in 2014. I had just come back from injury. Uh, my first match back was against uh, Raymond Rowe, mm-hmm. and after our match, he essentially demanded that I come and meet people at Ring of Honor the next time they were in San Antonio, Texas. And so I did that. And then once I met people and and whatnot, uh, they invited me and gave me an opportunity in May of 2015. And that's when they uh, put me and Shane Taylor together in Amarillo, uh, Texas, and Oklahoma City. So uh, that was the beginning of Ring of Honor. but even then, even just wrestling, I was just doing like dark matches and things of that sort. So there was no real break with Ring of Honor. Uh, the break literally, like my my wrestling, traveling and opportunities and things of that sort came after I debuted at Beyond. And yeah. Ring of Honor was Ring of Honor was just a great opportunity to learn, and I did a lot of that there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, certainly. Being with uh, Shane Taylor and having a few with War Machine. Uh, you guys had some uh, – I saw a bunch of the matches, and they were some hard hitters for sure. Uh, did you uh, did you pair with Shane beforehand? Uh, you, you, VIP, right? You, you, you were you teamed with Shane. Is that is that how you got back with Shane and uh, Ring of Honor? How did they decide to bring you and Shane no. together? No, 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 not at all. Shane and I only knew each other because of Raymond Rowe. We, we – the most experienced thing I had was hands in locker rooms. Oh. Um, I've never really been a tag team wrestler. The reason that we started tagging at VIP was because we were tagging at Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that's yeah, not 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 the opposite. Nothing that you see if if you saw it in Ring of Honor, that's where it came from. Um, nothing before Ring of Honor was was ever done. Mm. Um, see, I really didn't have much time to have. Such a chemistry, so to speak. Y'all had and it was basically on the job training as far as a tag team when you when we saw you at Ring of Honor. Oh, there's no basically. That's a hundred percent what it was. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, we're the thing that I wasn't concerned with that because you know Shane's a hungry, a hungry guy just like myself. Uh-huh. And he's itching to he's itching to get opportunities and, and prove himself as well. And you know, it, it made things easier with that because we always wanted to be better than we were in yeah. the match before. And we got to learn from guys like, you know, the Briscoes and, and Christopher Daniels and Kazarian, a lot of guys that offered a lot of good insight, and, mm-hmm. and, and we learned very fast, which helped us be very efficient. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. And so 
you were at Ring of Honor for a, a, a bit of time. Uh, we don't see your Ring of Honor no more. Is there a reason why? Uh, yes, I, I made a decision. <laughs> um, so my last show with Ring of Honor was February 3rd um, when me and Shane faced the Briscoes mm-hmm. in San Antonio. Um, and that's because I made the decision to sign with Evolve with mm-hmm. WWN. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a, a, very, a lot of consideration. Uh, and if you notice, I didn't sign until like almost the end of January with WWN. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a decision I made. I was thinking and mulling over since December uh, because Ring of Honor offered a contract and I wasn't I wasn't completely content with it, and I had questions that didn't get answered, so I waited and wanted to try and get answers to my questions. And in the meantime of waiting for those answers, um, Evolve then offered a contract as well. And it, it just took some time to sit and think and talking with Shane and talking with some mentors and friends and family and whatnot before I made a decision. And in the end, that decision was to Evolve and uh that was the end of that. Yeah, and of course we saw what the or we're seeing now with Evolve and just other uh, promotions that you're with. It's just that that I mean, you you mentioned Beyond Wrestling, and of course your affiliation with Evolve and WWN. Uh, you know, those are just opportunities that have just really soared. Uh, just the, the popularity and just increased your stock exponentially. Do we see a WWE appearance anytime soon? Um, honestly, I think if that was something I, I, I could talk about, it's probably something I would have shared by now. Um, I can't say, you know, whether there is or isn't. Um, if if something comes up, obviously a smart person is going to look at that opportunity and see, you know, if, if it's something they want to do or should do. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, if, it, if, if something happens, I'm going to look at it and, and we'll see. But for now, my focus is on the theater in front of me and trying to create more opportunities uh, like, you know, I'm enjoying my travel into Europe and, and getting opportunities at some of those promotions there. And I, I still I still want to wrestle in Japan, you know, so nice, yeah. we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. Huh. So Keith Lee, so out of the, out of the, Stables in New Japan. So, the, the, I guess the biggest stables that you have now, you still have, uh, of course, of course, Bullet Club. Uh, you have Chaos. You have Suzuki Goon, and you have uh, to, uh, Taguchi Japan, which just uh, debuted uh, this this year after uh, right after Wrestle Kingdom. Which stable would you do you see yourself fitting in the best? Um, you know. In, in all honesty, I, I wouldn't even limit myself to just New Japan because I've never been to Japan to wrestle, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I would wrestle anywhere that had opportunity that made sense. Let's let's put that out there right now. Yeah, certainly. As as, <laughs> for, all the, for all the promoters listening right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would never want to limit myself in my opportunities. But, because you're um, limitless, right? <laughs> You've got it. You've got it. That's your nickname. But, um, if, if I had to pick one of those stables, um, 
there's a lot of guys I like in the Bullet Club and I respect and I and I, I kind of admire, but um, I think that if I was going to pick one, it would probably be Chaos. Ah. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. So Keith Lee from Chaos against Bad Luck Sale from Bullet Club. Oof, man. That, that, yeah, <laughs> it sure would, absolutely. So I guess my last question comes to the level of athleticism that you have compared to your size. I mean, you have almost a 300-pound guy doing all types of aerial moves. What made you choose that line of uh, a move set? Uh, of course, that has... Uh, that has really been the talk of the town. Just your uh, your your type of wrestling choice. Uh, Cody actually said something about it recently uh, that I wrote an article about. I transcribed an interview uh, on behalf of uh, the site that I write for, and he puts you over uh, quite a bit. Uh, and what made you decide? I mean, you have an Ahmed Johnson mixed with a Vader type of feel and look to you, but you choose the route of Rey Mysterio and Jushin Thunder Liger. How how did that come about? Well, honestly, um, you know, I have a great variety in my style and the things that I do in the ring. It's not just cruiserweight stuff. Yeah, you got some. You got some things. wicked pop up power bombs, by the way. I mean, honestly, the things that I do are often adaptive to who I'm wrestling. Um, So I do enjoy being an athlete, so that's part of what inspired that. But the thing that caused me to choose to do the things I do was because of a conversation with Dusty Rhodes Mm. and a conversation with William Regal that inspired me to be myself. Everybody else wanted a big man that wrestles out of me and it it just didn't feel good to me Mm -hmm. but the variety the versatility that is naturally me that's what I've always been in any sport that I've played I've been able to do multiple things take care of multiple jobs and play multiple positions so to me it only felt right in wrestling for me to display that and and that be something that I exude in the ring because that's who I am. And yeah. so being me is what is what has helped me. It's, it's what has called this, caused this explosion in wrestling. And people appreciate it and they embrace it. And then it feels good because yeah. that's just me being me. So it's a special thing. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite match in WrestleMania 34s in New Orleans? Who do you want to face? So it's a two-part question. What's your favorite match you've done so far, and who would be your WrestleMania 34 opponent? Oh, man, that's that first question is very difficult. Um, I've had some absolute zingers in terms of matches. I have, I've had two really good ones with Matt Riddle recently. Yeah. And I've had two really good ones with JT Dunn. Um, I had good ones with Brian Cage, Michael Elgin. I had a really good one with Moose for Pro Wrestling Revolver recently. Uh, but my probably if I had the big one, it's probably my AAW match um, from the Thursday Night Special, me versus Donovan Dijak. Yeah. Um, and that match was a mixture of power and agility and. 
let's let's kill each other. <laughs> it, was just, it was brutal, man. I think we were both feeling that for probably a couple of weeks just from that match. Yeah. And it was very difficult to start the weekend out that Thursday with that match and then have to wrestle three other matches that week. So, but the match itself was a it was crazy. It was beautiful. It was chaotic. It was it was everything you want in a match. Just a mixture of great things. Um, in terms of WrestleMania, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to predict the future that far. I mean, who knows who's going to even be available at that time, right? So if I had to just pick a random person, um, not, not, not necessarily random, but if I just had my pick of the litter, I would probably pick a Kitty Omega or a Okada. Ooh. Um I'm pretty sure that those would be my a couple guys that would definitely be top of my list of people to get in the ring with and mix it up. I love, I love it. That would be more of a Wrestle Kingdom uh, match. That would be fantastic. Out of all, out of out of the WWE roster, who would you want to face at WrestleMania 34? Ooh, that's easy. Um, and there's a there's actually a few options there. Um, and the easy ones would probably be Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar, uh, or if if active, my number one match that I want and it's still my number one dream match would be Kurt Angle. Ah, yeah, fantastic. And uh, with the aerial moves, with the power moves, you know he he's had some wonderful matches against Brock Lesnar in the Big Show, and he knows mm-hmm. how to really put people over who are bigger than he is so that would be fantastic let the listeners know where to find you and uh some upcoming dates uh, let's see we're in the middle of july here the 15th i'll be at aaw i actually have a heavyweight title match against sandy callahan that should be quite interesting uh i think people will be very happy to know that i'll be returning to xwa in jersey on the 16th um, and that's going to be against Jeff Cobb, and people tend to love that match, so that should be a good one. After that, I got a few days, and I go back to Europe, and my first match back is against Daisuke Sekimoto for XWA UK, mm. and I am super looking forward to that. Um, but I, other than that, I've got matches in the UK against uh, Bull James, Big Grizzly. Um, then I have actually don't fight club. I don't know who I'm wrestling there. And then I'm wrestling a guy named Siren for, um, uh, RTW on the 29th as well. So that's pretty much the majority of my July Awesome. It will be very busy with lots of flying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where can we find you on social media? So the easiest way, I tend to keep it pretty streamlined so it's easy to find. Uh, both Instagram and Twitter are at RealKeithLee altogether. For those who don't know how to spell Keith, it's E-I-T-H, not K-I-E. <laughs> I know English sucks sometimes. <laughs> K-E-I-T-H. Um, and Facebook.com slash RealKeithLee is also an easy way to get to me on Facebook. You can just search Keithley, find this probably a half a shirtless picture of me of some of some sort. 
And then uh, if you're looking for some pretty cool shirts and hats and whatnot, you can find Basket My Glory gear on bottomlinemerch.com slash Keith Lee. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure, Keith. Best wishes to you, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It was a great, great conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Have a good night. You too, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show with Keith Lee. And ladies and gentlemen, we have just went live as well uh, on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. So uh, submit your thoughts and questions and your uh, reactions to WWE Great Balls of Fire and Raw and SmackDown Live and all that good stuff as well. Uh, lots and lots of fun, ladies and gentlemen, and we are continuing uh, to uh, give you what you want to hear uh, in the world of professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. 276 episodes, live and in living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's bring on the co-host with the most. With Without further ado, Under the Mat Radio's Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? I'm good, man. How you feeling? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the last stuff to cover. Absolutely. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the headlines. Here we go. So, <laughs> man, Alberto Eltron... And Paige. Oh, man. Oh. oh, man. How about that? I don't know what's going on with uh, with them two. Uh, just a lot of craziness. And, um, oh, man. They need, a, they need a touch from the Lord, Evan. Yeah, he do, man. He need to be at the altar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, I'm really excited to bring on uh, Crave Wrestling staff member, one of the pioneer co-hosts of the Pancakes Power Slam show. As Eric Bischoff's theme song would say, he's back and better than ever. Without further ado, Ryan Fuqua, how are you today, sir? Well, hey, what's going on, Chris? Um, doing well. Been a while. Happy to be back, as usual. Uh New dad, so just put the boy to bed. He's only nine weeks old, so yeah. Congratulations. A little bit of free time. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Ricky did. Um, and a lot's changed for me too, man. I uh, I gotta tell you, man. I I the the, the big dog. It's his yard. He's won me over. Like ever since, <laughs> since WrestleMania. <laughs> I hate to say yes. it. I hate to say yes. it. Like he's up there with Styles and Nakamura for me. I know I just cost you some listeners, but man, <laughs> he is uh, up there for me. Man, wow, oh, that just blessed my life. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that is that is fantastic, man. That is, that is great to hear. Uh, All the way. Yeah, forward. man. <laughs> Yeah, so so what what caused the conversion? Um, I honestly, it was kind of the the bullying of Reigns, man. It just showed mm-hmm. 
it's just like, wh- why are we doing this? Here we have this guy in The Undertaker who I have never met any wrestling fan who didn't like or respect The Undertaker. And The Undertaker gave Reigns this his stamp of approval at his show, the biggest show, WrestleMania, and people still can't get down with it. I don't, I don't know. I see the star yes. power in the guy. I just, I, I see it now. I don't, I don't know, man. Something happened. I just, I see it. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> you know, it's there. I, I, the war cry. The yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, Ryan, we are, uh, we are celebrating our our sixteenth year of friendship this year. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and uh, I tell you, man, we, we, we've been, we've been through a lot together, but uh, I think this may, this been, this may be one of the top moments of our, of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. Uh, this right here. This, this, I love was it. it uh, was it Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor? They don't have nothing. Yeah. We're the real right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, Alberto El Patron and uh, and Paige, man? I, you know, they 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 were at an argument um, at an airport in Orlando. Uh, there's been so much back and forth with uh, with them as a relationship. I mean, there's been so much, and, and even now, it's not even. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's terrible. Uh, I don't understand why. Very um, very toxic. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. I it mean, almost seems like drug behavior. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Seriously, I mean, they're both <laughs> yeah. they're both notorious for being hotheads in the first place. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know how they ex- expect it for <laughs> for for their relationship to yeah. be. You know, just to, to, to be smooth sailing. I, I really, really don't understand uh, the the how that was going to happen. I don't see this going on any uh, much longer. I mean, it, it, it'd probably be best for them, you know. And it's funny because Paige sent a tweet uh, after that talking about we're fine, leave me alone. I'm like, okay, so how? Why would you tweet that? You have a million followers. Yeah. And you're telling people on Twitter to leave you alone. How oxymoronic is that? It's insane, man. Um, <laughs> like I said, it, it seems like drug behavior. Del Rio, what what was the thing? Wasn't he already married or separated? Separated yeah. is a term. You're still married. If you exactly. can get married, you can go buy yourself a divorce or whatnot. Right. I'm married now, so I get it. And I, right. I take marriage to the heart, so... Yes, I get it, yes. but it's that's yeah, no, that's that whole situation is just a hot mess. That I, she kind of WWE should just release her, let her go back across the pond, go home, and just yeah. kind of grow up. You know, she's definitely <laughs> yeah. got some growing up to do. And Del Rio, he's, I mean, the dude's what forty something, forty. Mm. So he's, yeah, he is who 41. he is. He's just 41. gonna be that way. So. Yeah. yeah, there's no saving yeah. him. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. See, see, see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's really, there's really not, like you said, there's really not much saving him. The thing is, Paige, you know, grew up in the business, you know, and there's just so much work to do, you know, with Paige, 
And I just really, like you said, I really think she needs some growing up. It just seems like the only thing that's really, um, with with Paige right now, it just seems like the only thing that's really saving her is is it, just I think she's doing something with the with the Rock or something to that nature as far as being in that um, in that movie yeah. uh, with mm-hmm. with uh, with the Rock or something to that nature, and then, or, or 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 like. I think The Rock is making a movie for her, like her family, you know, in honor of her family. So I just, you know, I just really don't understand the the, the purpose of it. It just seems like when probably when that's over, and then I think I don't even think she's being on the total divas or total bellas this year or, or in the next season. I don't think she's going to get re-upped. So at the end of the day, it's just. Yeah, you is know, she, I, is she suspended or is she just she's just injured, right? It's just the neck. Yeah, she's so injured. I'm guessing she's still getting a paycheck from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's That's still getting a paycheck. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, it's just really a matter of time of you know when when she's gone, uh, and I think it's I think it's best for that. Speaking of gone, Austin Aries, a double. One of the best theme songs in the entire WWE. I mean, he you know he was relegated to the cruiserweight division. I think that was a good thing. I don't. I think he would have been lost in the shuffle if he would have been in the heavy, heavyweight division. But you know, he was uh, quote unquote relegated to the uh, to the X division. He really was one of the people who made it important, who just really kind of elevated it. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, it's like. You know, with with Aries, it's it, it's kind of tough because you know he's kind of been known as a hothead backstage, according to reports. I don't know the guy personally. I actually have had Thea uh, Trinidad, his uh, fiance, on the show. She's a very cool person. But as far as as far as Aries is concerned, I've heard some some things as far as just his backstage. He's not the most. Uh, He's not the most cordial person backstage, um, and there was also some animosity of not being happy with being on just in the cruiserweight division. I, you know, he lost the crew. He lost the crew. I mean, he had his chance at WrestleMania to become a cruiserweight champion. I think that was probably his biggest opportunity. Uh, didn't capitalize on it. They didn't book him to win the title. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, just and and because of that, and you know, he won some time off from injury. It just seemed like there was a bunch of different things capitalized, uh, just just stacked stacked against each other. And Aries is gone. And uh, Melcher said uh, this weekend on on a podcast, he said that uh, he most likely will go to uh, GFW. Um, that's probably where he would see. I mean, he was the first ever two-time ROH champion. He he did a fantastic job in ROH, but with the talent, the level of talent now, it'll be kind of tougher for, for Aries to gel in there. I remember when he came back for a little bit um, when he left uh, TNA. Um, he didn't kind of, he didn't fit in as much as he did years back when he was champ. GFW is a pretty good fit because they gave him a, a good, a good run uh, for a little bit. Then he kind of was 
off and on, did the whole Dirty Heels tag team with Bobby Roode, and it was still back and forth. Uh, option C. So I think GFW, you know, may be a good fit for him, but WWE is no longer. Uh, I I think um, Aries should have had Bobby Roode's spot in NXT. Um Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I would have much rather taken Aries as the NXT champ right yeah. now than Bobby Roode, and that's no disrespect to Bobby Roode. I, I'd just rather have Bobby Roode on Raw or SmackDown um, because there's just something there. Bobby Roode as NXT champ just doesn't feel right to me. Um, really? It's not yeah, I don't know you? what it is. I think it's just NXT. It's just I don't... I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. You know, I've always liked, I even, even in Impact, I like Bobby Roode, and I mm-hmm. wasn't the biggest Impact fan. So, um, I don't know. I just, I would have rathered him stayed in NXT and helped that brand out some more, and just mm-hmm. Roode, I think, should have been a Raw or SmackDown guy. Yeah. Uh, see, with Roode, I think, I think they're doing a good job with Roode. Uh, the only thing with I can see what you're saying with Aries. Um, I they, when 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 Aries was in NXT, I think that they used him decently. Um, you know, he made the turn and, and it was feuding. Well, he still was feuding with Corbin in the beginning when he was babyface, and then uh, then he then he made the turn, um, and then you know they teased the feud with uh, um, Kenta. Good goodness. Hideo Tommy, <laughs> you know, yeah, trying to yeah. figure out his uh, NXT name, um, uh, and then they just kind of pushed them. They just kind of pushed them up, and the cruiserweight division was a good deal uh, when he got injured, and then you know the orbital uh, uh, injury, and then when they turned around and made him a color guide, I think that that was a great idea too. I think he was, you know, the whole banana and things like that. <laughs> he was. Uh, I kept saying package, and uh, I think I think that was I think that was a breath of fresh air for the for the cruiserweight division. The cruiserweight division is just uh, it's on life support for me. I just I, I tried with two hundred five live for a few weeks, but I mean I still look at the updates, but I mean it's yeah. just it's on life support for me. <laughs> that time slot, I mean I know yeah. it's on demand, but that time slot does not help it at all. No, and they're doesn't. just not. If you look at that tournament, go back and look at those tournament matches and look at what they're doing now. You just yeah. see that Vince McMahon stamp all over two hundred five. <laughs> exactly, man. Like I always say, man, two hundred five prime is what it needs to be. I just put mm-hmm. it on the network, put it right before NXT and two hundred five prime. I mean, I think. Because the you know the cruiserweight classic had so much NXT, um, I mean it, it was right be you know yeah. it had that NXT spot on Wednesdays, and then had that WWE mm-hmm. Network spot, and I think that really helped it. But now it's just, I mean, like I said before, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that's exactly that what it had that full cell <laughs> crowd to it, yeah. who was engaged more, and it made the fans, mm-hmm. the, it made the viewers engaged more. Now you have. Like I said this before, you have someone who 
comes to a SmackDown show and has two hours of SmackDown programming, and then you're telling me that after two hours of SmackDown, <laughs> you, you want me to watch a bunch of Cruiserweight to go at it that has hardly yeah. any type of angle, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. I just watched... I, I just watched AJ Styles and John Cena go against Ken, uh, Kevin Owens and Rusev, and that goes. Yeah. And, and, and then you're telling me that you want me to watch. I mean, no disrespect to Cedric Alexander, great guy. I've had him on the show, but you want me to go from that high to Cedric Alexander versus Noam Dar? Where does that? How does that work out? It yeah. Makes no sense at all. Yeah, it's it's it, it, to me it just it, it it's to the point where they need to. They, I mean, they need to pull the plug on that as far as being on you know the as far as being on the main roster. And and I mean, in the history, are cruiserweights really? Yeah, you got guys that are, but are they known for their personalities? No. Yeah, some of no. them, maybe a few, but they're known for their moves. Right. And that, yep. I mean, we just seen the segment with Kendrick and uh, Gentleman Jack, and you're just like, yeah. give me Whip matches, with the give me flips, <laughs> dive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, give me dive. Yeah, dive, exactly, hashtag dive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and next next we have uh, Ryback, your boy Ryback, not happy at uh, WWE mentioning uh, him on WWE Ride Along, which was probably the funniest ride along I, I saw. It was just utterly ridiculously. It was hilarious. The one with Jericho and uh, uh, and Kevin Owens before the breakup. I oh man, that was just absolutely hilarious. And uh, uh, so they were Jericho mentioned. Somehow they were talking about strength, and, and Jericho was mentioning the apple and how Mark Henry just can crush the apple, uh, and, and you know, and with one hand. And they were talking about how Ryback tried to do it during a, a segment, and he, he could do it. And then he said that it was the glove. Uh, and then Jericho was like, "Just take the glove off." And he's like, "No, Ryback doesn't take off his gloves," you know. And it's like. Man, you just couldn't do it. And then I listened to the podcast that Ryback was um, on, I mean, what Ryback had talking about that. And he was just talking about how he just, uh, he could, he said, he, he mentioned something like he was crushing, he was spending time crushing apples that day or something crazy like that. Um, it's like, you know, I don't know Ryback personally, so I can't, you know, I can't make a personal you know, opinion on him, but just, you know, from what I hear and what people tell me and um, just the the podcast, it, you know, he, he has this positive thing, but he just, he speaks, he, he just, he has a public perception of being so bitter, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, I mean, if you're, if you're about this feed me more team positivity, I mean, the bitter jabs that you, that you have is, is just, crazy to me and you know hey WWE mentioned you after such an acrimonious relationship 
you were still mentioned on Ride Along. So what is that? I mean, how is that? You couldn't break an apple, man. I mean, there's really nothing bad to say about that that you couldn't break the apple. Yeah. And for a guy who was only WWE and was in that system for, what, 10 years, you know, like, and still never got to that point, true, the shield kind of uh, scooped his heat, if you will, but... I don't know. For a guy that was in that system, solely that system for that long, he sure does have all the answers on this podcast. (laughs) He sure does, uh, apparently. Um, You know, I I just, I do my best to listen to Ryback's podcast, man. I mean, you really need some... uh, yeah, yeah. YouTube really, snippets. I can take them about two. Three yeah, minutes exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I, and I write, I write a lot of my pieces based on the YouTube snippets because, I mean, two hours straight of a Ryback's podcast. I mean, you get an f bomb every three seconds, and I'm just man. like, oh man, tone it down, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to dissect what you're saying, but it's you just keep shooting me with f darts. Uh, but yeah, it's, and, and, you know, and the, and the funny thing about it is I went on Ryback's, uh, account to, uh, just try to, um, add something to, to the piece I wrote, uh, previously about, I mean, about this and, uh, Ryback has deleted me from his Twitter. Mm. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a badge of honor for me. Um, I had no, you know, the funny thing is I've never, ever communicated with Ryback. I've never tweeted Ryback, uh, to my knowledge. I've never sent Ryback, uh, maybe an email. Maybe I sent them an email to come on my show, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, never any type of two-way communication, uh, with Ryback. I just don't just randomly tweet him or, or derogatory tweets or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, obviously he knows me enough uh, to block me. So, you know, <laughs> right away, I'll be like Vince Russo. And today, I'll, I'll yeah. Do the round of applause <laughs> on yeah. that one. Today, in today's day and age of social media hate, that means you won. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Getting blocked. That's what it is now. That's why if somebody says something to me on social media, I just no sell them. I don't block them. I just don't reply. I'm just like, yeah. If I block you, yeah. then you'll screen cap it and tweet it. And, yeah. Oh, look, he blocked yeah. me. I win. I can made a run. Yeah. You know, I talk about Crabbeck. You know, I talk about Dropping, dropping f bombs, being bitter, man, because he's getting mentioned. I'm sorry. I apologize, guys. I'm back at the check in the same matter. But, uh, yeah, he's, I don't know, he's a little overrated to me. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope that, uh, you know, uh, I just hope that one day, you know, uh, Ryback, he, um, he gets to the point where, uh, he, everything is well in his world and, um, you know, he, he, uh, people feed him more. I mean, because that's all. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, as soon as people feed him more, you know, he's he's good to go. 
Uh, speaking of uh, big man, Bobby Lashley. So there was a, a report from PW Insider um, recently that uh, American Top Team, his uh, training group, um, they were thinking and they were actually kind of pushing Lashley uh, to, to to take a hike uh, on, on wrestling altogether and focus on MMA. Now, lastly, uh, he'll be 41 next week, so he's winding down his career altogether. I mean, uh, but I mean, he's he's 15 and two in MMA. Uh, that's that's quite impressive. Um, but this is this is probably his best years uh, in pro wrestling with with uh, being a heel on Impact the past two, you know probably I'll say two or three years. It's definitely been some of the best, probably the best years of his of his pro wrestling career. Because uh, you know I've talked about this before with Gail Kim. There's not a lot of people who actually say who actually can say that being in Impact Wrestling actually assisted them in their career more <clears throat> than being in WWE. And lastly, can certainly say, yeah. he he can certainly say that. Yeah. Um, and so that that you know that's a plus. Uh, for for Lashley, he you know of course he lost uh, at Slammiversary to El Patron. Uh, El Patron, uh, <laughs> despite oh, uh, being a hothead and, and oh. despite uh, being investigated for domestic battery on Page, he's uh, he's he's the rep- he's the, the number one representative for GFW right now. Uh, I guess that's a very yeah. uh, <laughs> I guess that makes perfect that's sense. Wonderful. Yeah, that makes that's perfect wonderful. sense. Uh, but yeah, so you know, but here's the thing. Lastly, he really doesn't have much to prove. I mean, going back to WWE just for the sake of it, uh, that really won't do anything. I mean, a royal yeah. rumble appearance that that may work. Evan, yeah. what are your thoughts on uh, on Bobby Lashley potentially leaving WWE and, and going MMA? You think it's a good call, or you think uh, uh, do you think MMA going to MMA is a good call. Do you think he should stay uh, pro wrestling until until he retires? I mean, I would. I mean, I, I've met Smoke Lashley before. A nice guy. He's um, he he's he's old. He's like he's the young old. Forty one is young in the world of <laughs> athletics and sports. Forty one is old. I mean, when you're thirty, thirty one year old, he's forty one, so he's like you know there with the seniors, but. Mm-hmm. I, I will keep doing both. Uh, you know, he has, he, he has a successful MMA career, so he can continue to uh, have MMA matches. Um, like you said, uh, a, a global force now, Anthem Isle, uh, whatever you want to call him. O-W-L. Dave, Dave, yeah, O-W-L. <laughs> O-W-L. Uh, Dave helped him out a lot. And, you know, I was, you know, try keep trying Japan. Uh, just I would just keep. Smoking, wrestling, and, and uh, MMA, and so I can't go anymore. He, yeah. he, he's the most. And no disrespect to last year, he, he's like the most generic, bland. Like he's like a dollar store wrestler. He, he's like the you go to the Dollar Tree, a dollar store, and you look at those generic wrestling men, and he's the generic black wrestler doll. And he's just a muscle guy with he, his features are just bland. And there's nothing against him. He's just a wrestler. He, he has no, no no features that stand mm-hmm. out. That's why he wears the little headband. Nice guy. He's super <laughs> athletic and super talented, but he, he needs something. But, uh, 
like I said, I would just keep going. Hey, uh, he can be next. Try to sign up to face Mayweather. Um, go to go to UFC. Um, I doing the WWE. Uh, I don't think I always say, and, and I called this months ago, and, and um, Brian uh, Featherstone to tell you. I said months ago, Apollo Crews and Tight, uh, uh, Titus O'Neil, because they're black and bald headed, they're gonna put them together. They got them together, oh, so maybe yeah. last year can oh, come to WWE, yeah. and it could be the three black bald headed roster guys be the reason that because yep. they like doing that. So maybe they can make that the new three main team. It could be Lashley, Apollo yeah. Crews, and Titus O'Neil, and they can oh, be the new day. Uh, <laughs> wow. That, the yeah. bad thing is, I can't fight that. I, I can't. Yeah. There's, there's no disagreeing with it. Just look at the history like, books. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sad part, too. Uh, I mean, and, yeah, like like you said, look at the history books. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, if Lashley came back... I, I don't see it. I mean, I don't. Oh. I don't see exactly where he would be in the WWE right now. SmackDown. I just, SmackDown. I, I really don't. <laughs> SmackDown. Yeah. I, I, even if he, he was he, on SmackDown, he, I don't. I don't think he'd be. Because you need yeah. personality to be on Raw. Everybody on Raw has some kind of personality, or some kind of charisma. SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You you do need it, but if you just wrestle, you can still get away with it some. And I see would be a downgrade. So you got to put him on SmackDown. You put yeah. Lashley on Raw. I mean, uh, Apollo Crews is he's over because of Titus O'Neil. I mean, Darren Young's another black wrestler with no charisma. What's he doing? Nothing. Disappeared. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, no charisma. Well, Bo Dallas does have <clears throat> potential. But WWE just don't want to book them like, like they could. So he's sitting with committees. I'll say put him on SmackDown. Brian, is he going Raw or SmackDown? Um, I got to agree with Evan here. I, I would think SmackDown. Um, uh, I say NXT. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't yeah. even do it. You know what? You know what? You know what? And like you said about this song, it could be the reverse of NXT. This, I guess you can call it the, the, the second generation, a third generation NXT. NXT do need star power. With, you know, just having Bobby Roode there and a few others. Exactly. Because last year, you yes. go to star power and had people want to watch NXT. Not to see people don't watch NXT, but they have more star power to NXT. So, um, yeah. So bring back, bring back Shotgun Saturday Night at the Jacks. We'll put some Nick Lashley to play. Metal. Real Metal. quick, Lashley's, Lashley's claim to fame for me was actually 10 years ago this month when he lost the uh, lost to Cena at the, I believe they were doing the Great American Bash. I know it was July. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I was just thinking, I was like, all right. This is Lashley's shot. We might get a black WWE champ, and I was just buying in totally. <laughs> Cena hits that super AA off the top rope, and I said, yeah. "Nope." That's when I that was when I officially had just was done with Cena until about I don't know maybe two or three years ago. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's yeah. funny because me, me and my buddies, I think until Featherstone, this is at Mania, we called him Chocolate Bar. 
Because right when Brock left, <laughs> everything last year did was like Brock. He did the same, yeah. same ring taunt, <laughs> same right, jump, yeah. same pyro. <laughs> yeah. He did the dominator, yeah. which he almost broke people. Now, he was basically like a black. He was chocolate Brock. That's what he was. <laughs> and nobody so. talks about him. He was the representative for the daggone president, and people don't even, I mean, that's a pop culture thing, and they don't, they don't really talk yeah. about that. <laughs> you hear about Umaga before Lashley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and they, last he had a good match against Batista on SmackDown that one time. Those the only two memorable matches he had. Him yeah. and the way, him and Batista. <laughs> yeah, the 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 Cena match, the, the Cena match with uh, with uh, Batista. The, I think the last one was actually pretty good. The the, the heel Batista match was pretty good. Was that was that Mania or was that SummerSlam that they went against? They went against each other. Mania, I think it was Mania and SummerSlam, wasn't it? Wasn't it both? Yeah, yeah, it was Mania and SummerSlam because I think with Batista get hurt. After the match, he blamed Cena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in the wheelchair and the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah that match was good. <laughs> the wheelchair yeah, with the spotlight. Yeah, that was that was a good that was a good Batista run. Yeah, <laughs> the spotlight Batista was probably one of the best ones. Uh, that worked. That worked very well. Uh, and then he came back and he became Blue Batista. So that didn't work out too well. Uh, <laughs> Speaking about changing their look, Bailey was on the Austin podcast uh, recently, and she was talking about uh, just her look. She was uh, explaining uh, how how her, her her she's bland, you know, you know, basically just there, there's a blandness to her character right now, uh, and and basically, you know, it, it's gotten to the point where. I mean, people just are kind of booing her because she's not really playing the same type of character anymore. Uh, she's she's kind of she's kind of playing. Uh, I don't even know what she's doing right now because when she was NXT, she was kind of like the super fan. Now she's not the super fan anymore, and she doesn't really have a character. I mean, the whole ponytail thing when she went over, it didn't translate. It, Hardly at all. I mean, I still like Bailey, but it didn't really translate that strongly when she went to uh, when she went to Raw, and uh, it, it kind of you know when, when they built her kind of to WrestleMania, it kind of worked because Charlotte was such a good heel. Um, because Charlotte was a strong heel, it helped Bailey, but Bailey, you know, she's in, she's been under the radar. And when she was on the Austin podcast, she was talking about how uh, she considered, you know, she's still still strongly considering changing her look. Uh, she, you know, she may put her hair down. She may change her, her gear. She also pitched a heel turn uh, to, to, she was talking about how she, she was thinking about pitching a heel turn uh, to the, to creative and, she had it all decked out. She was ready to do it. She had it all written out and she went to, and this is like cute, but sad at the same time. She said right before she was going to pitch the heel turn, she saw like some huge Bailey fans and they were crying because they were so happy to see her. 
And because of that, she's like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, Austin, you know, Austin kind of got on her about that. Like, he, what? You know, yes. What has happened? Um, this is professional wow. wrestling. Yes. Exactly. Who cares about the kids' feelings? <laughs> exactly. I hope the kids are mad. That means they're entertained. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like they exactly. should have emotions. Like yeah. what what are we doing here? Like yeah. okay, I understand she sees some upset kids, you feel a certain way, but at the end of the day you gotta think, all right, when those kids get older, they're gonna say, Oh my gosh, I was really into that Bailey character. Yeah. She was so good, yeah. she made me cry. Just like right, the right. just like the men's girl. I, I used to like hate Regal when I was in middle school and high school. Right. Yeah. When I got yeah. older, I'm like, man, Regal's the god. I love him. Yeah. But he got so much heat from me when I was younger. Like, what? Exactly. I don't know, man. It's entertainment. Uh, if you just don't like cry, the, laugh, the, the, get scared. Uh, like it's, when when yeah. the Miz won, when the Miz won and that girl's face, yeah. you know, the the picture, they still, they still yeah. show that face. And when that, and, that, and when yeah. that girl's face... That 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 bitter right. face, uh, you know. Ten years from now, she can say, "Hey, that was me." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what, and, what, because, what, and because of that, and because of that, now WWE focuses on crowd reactions again. Something right. something that that, mm-hmm. that, that uh, my good buddy Jake the Snake showed me when he was um, a good four years ago. He was doing an event with him, and he was like, "Oh, you see that." You see that they don't do that anymore. I've been like, what? They, they don't play to the crowd. They don't. They don't show the emotion. Oh, you got. You got to do. You got to do. You got to do Jake better than that, brother. <laughs> so uh, and, and he was right. You see that? That's the, that, that's the that's the reaction that you can do. Yeah. You want twenty one? <laughs> I got twenty two. Do you trust me? <laughs> but, twenty two. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Jake, Jake, Jake said he. Uh, and I, that's something they start doing to showing the emotion of the crowd. You know, when, of course, the Savage uh, segment he gave the, the, the Savage Expo bit, the, the Snake bit yeah. Savage. And because of the Miz girl, now you see we just saw a group on the side. Every time there's a big event or there's a big swerve or angle or someone wins, WWE always gets to that. They always got to find that kid, that audience where you get the shot face. But mm-hmm. Bailey, first of all, Bailey needs to go on top lip. Her face looks weird. And please, please give her a heel turn. She's all about hugs. Give her the Mr. Yuck symbol. They can do a total yeah. 180 and make, give her the Mr. Yuck where she's grumpy. She does something. Because, I mean, she's talented, but it's, like she said, it, uh, hugging and huggy, huggies and, you know, big hugger. Right now with Stella, she don't have a strong heel she can work with. Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah. it's like, the same, the same four kids that's going to cry, the same kids that's going to pay money to see you get beat. When they get right. older and become adults, they'll love you. It's like people yeah. got mad at Hogan when you turn. They got mad at Rude. They'll appreciate it. And that's fans. They'll, they'll be all right. They'll get over it. Even David's going to pay money to see you win to pay money to see you get beat up. Yep. There was a time Absolutely. when Bailey was in NXT at the height of her popularity and was super baby-faced that I thought, I said, oh, let it play out. She can do this for another five years. And I thought she could have a hill turn as big as a Hollywood Hawk at the mm-hmm. time, you know, because she was such this 
loved baby face. And I was like, she can yeah. turn on somebody and catch you out of nowhere and be like an Hulk turn. But, yeah. man, we're so far from that now, three, two, three years later. Yeah, sadly. I want to get another opinion uh, for this Billy thing. Uh, like, like I said, we're talking about right now. We're live uh, on Crave Wrestling uh, Facebook page, of course, Blog Talk Radio. We're live. We've got another person in the building, uh, Pancakes and Power Sims. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, from Forbes Magazine, feature columnist for Bleacher Report, Big Nasty Alfred. Kanawa, how are you tonight, sir? And let us know your thoughts on Bailey telling the Steve Austin, telling Steve Austin, and telling Steve Austin that uh, she was wanted to be heel, but she saw someone uh, earlier on on a uh, episode of Raw. They were crying because they wanted, they loved her so much, and then she was like, "Oh no, I can't do it. I'm not going to turn heel anymore." Yeah, it's so great to be here, you guys. Thank you so much. First and foremost, I want to apologize. I, you know, the fact that I ran for Forbes is a reason. That I was just writing because there's so much going on that I completely faced uh, coming on here because I've been looking forward to it uh, ever since you invited me last week. So thank you for having me on the show. Um, and, yeah, th- that's a crazy story that Bailey wanted to turn heel or at least was considering it. Um, the fact that she was really kind of uh, speaks to how terribly she's been booked uh, the fact that she would even consider turning heel at this point in her career, where really I think by now she should be entrenched as easily the top star uh, of the women's division. Uh, but it's just it's so horrible now. She's been mismanaged that she came in within months. She won the world title. At WrestleMania, she had the title, and nobody really cared about that match. They didn't book her as a simple underdog as they did in NXT, and as a result, it didn't work. So, you know, Bailey's just a character that's lost right now, and I think it's unfortunate because. I mean, I would have bet my everything that there's no way anybody could screw up this Bailey character, especially a company like WWE that's been doing it for so long. And right now, she's just she's lost. Yeah. Uh, there ain't no stopping us now. We celebrate on the floor. <laughs> there you go. Oh gosh, it's like Bonnie. She's like another Bonnie. She is TBFT. Yeah, she loves you. Baby and friends. Great big family. Yeah, the great big hug. Yeah, sad sad to say. But she I mean, you know, give I like Del Rio a hug. Yeah, she does. She needs to give Del Rio and Paige a, a, a big, great big <laughs> hug, a big, bear, a big bear hug, although that uh, no longer is uh, <laughs> in existence. Uh, so real quick, let's let's have a really real quick discussion um, about this. Uh, so so we were talking about the the top three. I wrote a piece as far as because uh, Hogan tweeted uh, July 7th. It was the 21st year of the NWO uh, Bash of the Beast, 19, July 7th, 1996. 21 years ago is when it all became so much different. And Hogan pulled the, the best heel turn ever. Um, uh, on on Randy Savage, the leg job heard around the world. We'll start. We'll start with Evan. Uh, I wrote a piece about you know who else could have been the third man, and Hulk Hogan was a, without without a doubt Hulk Hogan was the best choice. Um, you know there was talk, there have been talks over the years of that Sting was the guy. He was the choice. Um, I don't think Sting would have worked because like when they try to turn him. 
uh, at uh, 99. I think it was like Fall Brawl 99. Yeah. Uh, they tried to turn him on Hogan. Uh, he whacked him, you know, on the leg or, or just on the back. Some, so, or, or I think he was like he poked him with the bat, like in the stomach or something like that. And it, they, Sting is such an amazing baby face, a consistently over baby face, that that turn in WCW lasted literally like two, three weeks. Like people did not want to see. Yeah. You know, he had that seek and destroy, yeah, things like Metallica or something like that. Like that, he had that music. Was, uh, that music was kind of cool, though. But, uh, yeah, it, was. It, it, it was different than the Crow, you know, Sting character, and it was just a different feel. And people just was like, ah, no, I'm just, I'm not really buying the Sting heel turn. So out of you know, three other people, just just random names that you can think, the top people other than Hogan that could have been the third guy and it would have worked. Evan, who are your top three? Jack Tunney. No, I'm just joking around. President <laughs> Jack Tunney. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, cool. uh, like I said, one Sting, but I, I, I mean, you know, Sting will go for me and you each other's song. Um, yeah. Gosh, this is tough. Um, Michaels, if Sean would have turned, okay. that, that would have been huge. Um, and remember, it was the New World Organization. That was the first time. It was the New World Order. It was the New World Organization, brother. Then it was the order. But uh, yeah. Michaels, um, Taker, mm. if you can. I mean, like you said, if it wasn't a thing, I mean, you can't, you can't count Flair. So it wasn't a thing who, like you said, would have been an impact. The Hogan, it had to, it, the only way it would have worked is it had to be somebody from WWE or F that would have jumped. And, and the only two people I can't even think of a third guy would have to be get on my. Because it had to be Taker or my. Then only yeah. other two guys that had the big enough name that you know, could turn, everybody's like, wow. I mean, I listen, I listen to Ben, and Bishop, you know, been on my show over three times, and, and he confirmed that this thing was the one because they didn't know Hogan was going to turn into that night to the last second, the way yeah. Hogan walked out, and he got got there late. So I can't think of three. Like I said, but HBK mm-hmm. and Taker are the only two I can think of. Evan, who I are your ultimate? Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. I was... No, you're good. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree with HBK. Um I think uh, Bret Hart, from a mouthpiece standpoint, would have been Damn. good because he was very angry <laughs> at that time. Still so, is. still is. Yeah, yeah, he still is. <laughs> but yeah, he definitely could have cut some wild promos. Of, yeah, um, I gotta go with Evan, man. It's kind of hard on a third, man. Like I, for me, Michaels or Bret. I really like. I'm sitting here looking at the uh, PWI 500 from '96, and I can't really. Yeah, I'm not really seeing anybody that jumps out at me like mouthpiece wise. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Alfred, who are your three alternates? Uh, this is definitely a great question. Um, I'm with you guys in the fact, especially Evan, how he said that it would have worked best with somebody who made their name in WWE. That's why I do think that a, a Shawn Michaels appearance would have been great. Or, or uh, even within that match, 
I, I, like Randy Savage or Sting turning in. And, and looking back on how that match was booked, um, like if I would have been watching that match, knowing what I do now about pro wrestling as a seasoned veteran, I would have guessed that Luger was going to come back yeah. and turn. But like if you're no, going to turn yeah. somebody right. in Yes. You be smart to turn it because then he's not fighting these guys and then joining them. Then he like right. like he fakes his injury and comes back later and then turns. You can do that with Sting or Macho Man Randy Savage as a means of turning them, and I think that would have been just as effective. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. very very interesting point. So my three here's what I got for my three. Number three, I have uh, the Undercar. Um, only because I think it would have been a, a very, I mean, just talk about just out of the park surprise of all surprises. I think that that really would have worked um, just as far as shock value. Cause I mean, you really couldn't get much of a different, you really couldn't get much more of a shock value than Hogan. So it's, it's a really difficult question. You know, when you think about right. the comparison to, to Hulk Hogan, Taker would have had it. The only thing is, I wouldn't have had. I would have had a different mouthpiece because I, I mean, I, Taker on the mic, you know, in the NWO every week. That just, you know, Taker always Taker being someone who's always on the mic just wouldn't work. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, but it would have brought some shock value. Uh, number number two, I have is Shawn Michaels, uh, just because. I mean, that. It, it would have made perfect sense because that that's the click right there. So the click basically right. coming to the WCW, uh, you know, from the from a, as an NWO perspective, would have been really interesting. Uh, Michaels being, you know, kind of like the the mouthpiece of the NWO uh, in the early two thousands. That was terrible to me. That 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 didn't work uh, because it was just so tainted. And my number one. I think this, you know what? I think this is the this gets a drum roll. Just because I think I, I really would have liked this. So this is this, this is a drum roll. Uh, drum roll. <laughs> My number one is Jake Roberts. Oh, I really think, yeah, I really think <laughs> that Jake Roberts would have been a fantastic NWO. Yeah, you you, you want twenty one? I give you twenty two. You know. <laughs> oh man, uh, that that was unfortunate, man. That was the worst pay per view of all time. I actually wrote a piece about that. I actually interviewed the one of the promoters, uh, and uh, <laughs> was it worse than ninety four? No, that was uh, that was the Legends of Wrestling or whatever Heroes uh, of Wrestling. I, I know what that was. Yeah, I, I know yeah. what that was. Yeah, that's what yeah. that the top five was. Yeah, uh, the Heroes of Wrestling was probably the worst pay per view of all time. I mean that that pay per view was horrible. It in uh, I mean they were just throwing people together. I think they had a match with like, I think it was like Tully Blanchard against like Stan Lane. You know, it was yeah, just it was like. Nasty. Talking about Big Nasty. That thing to me was Big Nasty. Yeah, and it was like, and that was like 99. I think it was 99 or 2000. Yeah. I think it was was 2000. And Yokozuna was like 700. October. He was October 10th, 1999. 99, yeah. 
What you said? What'd you say, Alfred? I was saying, I remember, uh, I watched that back uh, about a year ago, and I remember seeing Yoko Zuna, and he could barely stand on the apron. He was like, yeah. he was struggling yeah. to stand on the apron. Yeah, that was this really, made, really, really this, bad. It made, it made Super Clash 3 look like, like Mania. Like Mania, like Mania 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Super Clash 3 was, was quite awful, too. Yeah, that, that that's certainly up there as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, so we, for the, you know what, we're going to bring back the, after the summer sum, I think we're going to bring back the one-off paper. We may, we may bring off the one-off, bring back the one-off pay-per-views again. The past three weeks, three weeks we've been talking about uh, just one-off pay-per-views. Uh, that just grading the matches and just uh, overall thoughts of just one-off pay-per-views. We did this Tuesday in Texas, and then we did uh, what, what did what did we do after that? Capital we did, punishment. Uh, capital capital punishment. We did, yeah, we did capital punishment first, and then we did this Tuesday in Texas, and then we did uh, the bash last week. Uh, Marty Elias was on the show, and he actually refereed the bash, and so it was great to have a perspective. Uh, this for the next uh, six weeks we're gonna we're gonna do SummerSlam. We're gonna we're gonna grade SummerSlams. Uh, this this week we're gonna do eighty eight ninety two, uh, and we're gonna give us just the great overall grade of of each year. We're gonna we'll start with eighty eight. We have the British Bulldogs uh, beat the fastest Russo brothers. Uh, it actually was a time limit draw. There was no one there. Uh, Bad News Brown. Uh, the King of the Ghetto Blaster uh, defeated Ghetto Kim Blaster. Uh Rick Rude defeated uh, by DQ. Powers of Pain defeated the Bolsheviks. Ultimate Warrior uh. defeated the Hunky Thunky Man. Uh, the 32nd uh. match uh, wins the Intercontinental Championship. Crowd goes wild. Uh, Dino Bravo defeating uh, Don Morocco. Uh, Demolition retaining their uh, tag team championships against the Hart Foundation. Uh, the Big Boss Man defeating Coco Beware. Uh, Jake Roberts, uh, you, you want 21, I'll give you 22. <laughs> uh, he defeated, he defeats Hercules. Uh, and then the Mega Powers defeating the Mega Bucks with Jesse Ventura as a special referee, Gorilla. Uh, what, let's start with Evan. What, are, what do you grade this pay-per-view? Oh, man. Uh, I give it about. Uh, I'm about to be honest. It was, it was, it was an okay pay per view. Yeah, it was an okay pay per view. It's funny looking at these pay per views. You think of. You think of how many people like have passed away. Like half, like at least half of sixty, seventy yeah. percent of these of this pay per view is gone. And so many legends that we had that it is gone. And, and, and the, 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 the uh, psychology of those days are just so different. Matches mm-hmm. ended randomly with everybody's finishes. But uh, I'll give it a B minus. It wasn't the worst summer slam, but it wasn't the best. Alfred, you're great. Um, I'm going to give this uh, – are we doing A, B, C, or, or 1 through 10? Uh, a, B, C, D, or F? I, I'm going to give this a C plus. And I think that might even be uh, pretty generous because while this wasn't necessarily a bad show for a SummerSlam, it, it seemed like more of an exhibition. 
Mm. in that, like, the main event, you got this tag team match, and I do uh, very vividly remember, uh, uh, even though I was, like, two, uh, uh, Elizabeth, like, stripping down. That that, that was pretty cool. Uh, but this is a pay-per-view. <laughs> the, the legacy of this pay-per-view is, what, like a 30-second match where the Ultimate Warrior won the Intercontinental Championship? That that yes. was, like, the moment from the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. It's a moment that's going to last forever that people aren't going to forget. But for SummerSlam, for big, arguably the third be- uh, most important, if not the second most important pay-per-view in WWE, um, uh, you got to do better than just one 30-second moment as the most memorable, you know, part, with everything else pretty much being a throw. Yeah. Uh, I'd say... Um... You know, and it's tainted because all of us are in our thirties and 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 watch this, you know, as kids. Um, right. So it's always that retrospect type type of tainted feel to it now. Because uh, back then, you know, A plus, you know, what I mean, but uh, <laughs> now watching this few times and you know, almost thirty years later, I'm like, eh, it's kind of like a C. It's kind of like a pay-per-view, I'd say. I'd give it a C. Yeah, I think C. Yeah, I'd give it a C. I think the uh, the the Ultimate Warrior Honky Tonk Man moment was. I mean that that's lasting. Uh, that was that was great. Mega uh, Mega Powers and Mega Bucks. Uh, you know, like 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 uh, Alfred said. You know, for it to be the second biggest pay-per-view of the year, that type of you know pay-per-view. I mean that that type of main event for pay-per-view. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the best. All right, real quick, 89, the Brain Busters defeating uh, the Heart Foundation uh, for uh, – it was a tag team match. And then you had Dusty Rhodes defeating the Honky Tonk Man. Two straight losses by Honky uh, Tonk Man. Mr. Perfect defeating the Red Rooster. Rick Martel uh, defeating Tito Santana. Uh, actually, it was a, Rick Martel and Fabrice Russo Brothers uh, defeating Tito Santana and the Rockers. Ultimate Warrior defeating Rick Rude, um, winning once again the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Dugan and Demolition defeating Andre in the Twin Towers. And then Greg Valentine defeating Hercules. Hercules just uh, can't catch a break. Uh, DiBiase defeating uh, Snuka by Countout. Uh, And then Hogan and Beefcake uh, defeating... uh, Randy Savage and Zeus. Um, yeah, so match made in heaven and a match made in hell. Uh, I, so yeah, I'll go was, first. Yeah, go. I'll what give this get, one. Um, I will give this one. Well, I would have gave eighty-eight an A based off the number of Hall of Famers. I was sitting there counting, and I stopped at like 12 or 13 before we moved on to 89. Oh, so good, I would have point. based it on the Hall of Famers hindsight once again. Uh, but, yeah, I'll give this one a solid C. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But then again, I yeah. don't know, man. 1989, and you put Zeus in there with, you know, Star power for movie stuff. No back barn, then. baby. That's yeah. That's so. <laughs> you do that now, and you're like, yeah, whatever. But at 1989, that's that's different. So yeah, it's true. Exactly. Uh, uh, C plus. We'll go C plus. C plus. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Alfred, what do you give it? I'm gonna keep it at a solid C, but uh, I I have to mention that I was and still am a huge fan of the movie No Holds Barred. 
I've seen it hundreds of times. I, I pretty much have it memorized. And I remember loving the fact that they were going to put Zeus in the main event. Uh, you know, I was so into mm-hmm. that. And I always thought that, um, I always call him Devo, but uh, Tiny Lister, I thought he would have been much better off as a pro wrestler. And, and, I, and I, uh, it's a shame that he didn't uh, see that through and, and just kind of become a full-time member of WWE. Because I really yeah. did very much enjoy that tag team match. But then for the same reasons I'm not too hot on the last year's interview, it just seemed like another exhibition. Yeah. I just have three words to say to you, uh, Mr. Kanawa. Let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rip. <laughs> uh, Evan, what do you get what do you give the uh the pay per view? Y'all gonna laugh. I give this to A plus. You know why? Because it's exceeded from Baltimore. I'm gonna get because this was the first invasion we got of the NWA. We had the mm. Horsemen as the Brainbusters. We had Dusty Daddy, and from Correct, we had the great Tony Schiavone. He remember yeah. he announced yeah. this SummerSlam, yeah. and I was as a kid. I'm like, wait, wait, why? Why is the Horsemen on WWF? Why is Tony mm. Schiavone on WWF? Why is Dusty Rhodes? Only because the first actual invasion, there's only SummerSlam we had about four participants of the NWA because, of course, we'll go to 1990. None of them was there anymore, if I'm right. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the only reason why I give it an A, just for the sheer member as a kid. It's like, wait, NWA is actually WWF. Uh, that's the reason I give it an A. Other than that, it, uh, the paper was okay. We Zeus was a big monster. People was really just scared of him. We all know the movie sucked. We did a, a promo. Um, and Hogan mm-hmm. is like being in tag matches at SummerSlam for some reason. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, real quick, let's uh, let's uh, zoom over to. I, I give it a. I give it a. I, I was thinking it was C plus, a little bit, a little bit better than the other one. All right, let's zoom through uh, the next uh, the next couple for the next two minutes. Um, all right, so uh, number so ninety, real quick. Uh, we had uh, Power and Glory defeating the Rockers, Texas Tornado defeating uh, Mr. Perfect, Sherry defeating Sapphire, Warlord defeating Tito, Hard to, uh, Foundation defeating Demolition, uh, Jake defeating Bad News Brown, Nikolai Golkov and Duggan defeating Orient Express. Randy Savage defeating Dusty Rhodes and Hogan, uh, Hogan and uh, defeating uh, Earthquake. Ultimate Warrior defeating Rick Rude and the Steel Case match seems like it's really good. Uh, all right, real quick, Ryan, what do you get it? Uh, gotta stick with my feet. Middle of the road. Could be huh. worse, but uh... <laughs> Alfred. I'm gonna go B. I enjoyed Evan. C plus. Uh, I like this much better, actually. I'll give this a B minus. I think that cage match was really good. Uh, yeah. yeah. 91. Let's get to 91 real quick. We got uh, the British Bulldog and Steamboat and Texas Tornado defeating Power and Glory uh, and the Warlord um, and Paul. Uh, and, and yeah. And then uh, Bret Hart defeating um, Perfect for the uh, Intercontinental Championship. Uh, uh, Natural Disasters uh, defeating the Bushwhackers. Virgil defeating <laughs> Virgil defeating uh, Ted DiBiase. Boss Man defeating the Mountie. Legion of Doom defeating the Nasty Boys, uh, winning the Tag Team Championships in the Street Fight. 
Shyster defeating Valentine, then Hogan and Warrior defeating um, Sir, uh, Colonel, Robert, Colonel Mustafa, General Adnan, and Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, Ryan, what's your grade for this one? The uh, classic good versus evil all down the card. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Evan. Hey. Uh, and yeah. Alfred. I'm going to go B+. Plus. I agree. Um, I, I'll go with I'll, I'll keep it a B because I wasn't a big fan of uh, the, the add non addition and, and, and yeah, you know the iron the iron cheek being in there. And, uh, yeah, that was that was bit and just the handicap match. All right, real quick, ninety two, ladies and gentlemen, SummerSlam ninety two. We had uh, Legion of Doom defeating Money Inc. Uh, we had Nails defeating Virgil. Uh, Michaels is um, a double cup. Disasters defeating the Beverly Brothers. Um, and then we had Crush defeating the Repo Man. Ultimate Warrior defeating Savage by Countout. The Undertaker uh, defeating uh, Kamala and then by, the, uh, by DQ. Tatanka, uh, that wasn't part of the, the match. Uh, the card, it was a part of the card, but it wasn't part of the. Uh, the, the pay-per-view dark match. And then British Bulldog defeating uh, Bret Hart. Wem- Wembley Stadium, ladies and gentlemen. What do you give Wembley Stadium, Alfred? I give it an A-. minus. Excellent pay-per-view and one of the greatest main events ever. Very good. Evan? Yeah, uh, I'd give it a B for absolute. Uh, Absolutely. Ryan? Oh, definitely in a when you did Intercontinental Championship in the main event. Can't do that today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. You could. Uh, and, yeah, I give I give it an A as well. Uh, Wembley Stadium, uh, amazing crowd. Intercontinental Championship main event. Uh, just absolutely fantastic Ladies and gentlemen it's been so Fantastic I appreciate uh, Just the panel today I appreciate Keith Lee on the show uh, Fantastic interview uh, fant- Appreciate my boy Ryan uh, making his return After being a husband and a father Now fantastic stuff um, Evan Always fantastic host And always, have the, always glad to have you Back on the show Alfred Hope to ha- hope to have you soon. Uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a blast. We have like ten seconds left, so real quick, let everybody know your Twitter handles. We'll start with uh, Alfred. Uh, follow me on Twitter at this is nasty. Uh, and then uh, we 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 got five seconds left. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Have a good night and goodbye. <laughs>
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.